welcome to the Pickup WNBA podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Niker. And I'm your other host, Freddie Rivas. And this is episode 13. I'm losing count, Freddie. We're just, yeah, it is 13. We just keep rocking and rolling with these. In, deep in January. I don't know how many people are still uh, WNBA podcasting deep in January, but here we are. Listen, this is what we do. We're going year round. This is our first like trip around the sun. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I'm busting out bad cliches, but it's it's a cold January day and we're talking hot ball, you know? <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. I need all the sunshine I can get right now, honestly. Uh, you know, I, I'm just so glad that I'm feeling better that I'm finally over COVID. I was sick for like three weeks straight. It was not fun. Uh, so now I get to be outside. I get to walk around again and all that good stuff. So bring it on, bring on all the sunshine related cliches. Um, here comes the sun. Do, 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 <laughs> uh, not a cliche, literally the only thing I could think of, but you said it in a way that we don't have to pay for it. And that's what really matters. <laughs> Yeah, you know, good. I, Which is I, another cliche to mention paying for the music. I'm so off tone that we don't have to worry about licensing. <laughs> Love it. Well, speaking of, uh, you know, Phoenix is rising, a uh, little another sunshine, maybe mm. related reference. Hello. Uh, the Phoenix Mercury have a new head coach finally. They have hired Vanessa Nygaard. Uh, she was the assistant for the aces last season, as well, a former WNBA player, uh, played for five years in the league. Uh, she's described as being very, uh, optimistic and upbeat and, and outgoing and, uh, people seem pretty thrilled to, to have her on board. What do you think, Freddie? Yeah, I'm excited to learn more about her. I also read that she's like really you know, enthusiastic, upbeat, can't be outworked, uh, and that she's really funny, which is, which is always a bonus for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, former player and, um, she was under Bill Lambeer last year. And I think she also was an assistant coach perhaps in the 08, 09 season. Um, I might, I might have that year wrong, but she did, you know, another stint elsewhere. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to learn about her. It seems like she was a, it was the type of scenario where, you know, like Diana and the other kind of stars of the team had to, had to approve this. So I feel like she's got to be cool because she's coming into a very established team that was just in the WNBA finals. And, um, you know, I don't think is, I don't think you would take a chance on a position like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll say this. I mean, I, I mean, I think this is a great hire. It seems like it, at least on paper, although, you know, just sitting here and obviously it's like months away before the next season starts. I'm not convinced that this is going to really like push the needle forward for the Mercury because I don't understand the coach firing that they made in the first place. Yeah. You know, and and it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, you looked at their the Mercury season last year and it's like, okay, like, you know, Diana Taurasi was kind of in and out of the lineup due to injuries. Um, Brittany Griner really was kind of holding it down and and they got 
lucky in the playoffs. Not that they didn't work hard, but you know, they had a few lucky breaks there uh, throughout their playoff run. And I don't see next season being significantly different for them. Yeah. And you know, maybe this is sort of a transitional phase, maybe the Lambeer, they, you know, has like championship aspirations. I know that nurse getting injured was a big blow and it seems mm-hmm. like there's a good chance she won't even be back for next year rehabbing from her injuries. So mm-hmm. maybe this was a year that they thought let's let, you know, um, let's let Nygaard kind of, you know, get her feet wet and sort of get the ball rolling here, considering we actually, we feel like we fluked our way into into the finals, but you know, they got Griner and, and Tarasi and, and they have a good team. So yeah, it is sort of a curious choice. Like, I mean, I think we'll learn very quickly, right? Yeah. I think, um, you know, because it's, you know, likely Tarasi's last season, she might have one more year after this, mm-hmm. but you got to figure there must be a sense of urgency here, right? Yeah. Considering her age. I mean, they're in a really good position in that when Tarasi does retire, it's not going to be some sort of full on rebuilding situation. Like they still have a lot of great players, but you know, you got to figure like, you know, it's a real, like we got to go for it all. I don't want to say do or die or, you know, bust or anything like that, but I, I don't know. Like the sense of urgency has to be there. I'm sure they get along. Like I'm sure Tarasi approved Vanessa. I'm sure um, they get along with one another, but sometimes, you know, players don't always make the best decisions. Right. Because sometimes like your own biases can get in your way. And, you know, Tarasi kind of gives me the impression that she would want someone who's affable and not someone who would challenge her. Which, you know, if, if she has like a very likable, upbeat personality, maybe that maybe that's the, the play here. Uh, and also, you know, I feel like the sports have a, in, in my opinion, a history of like putting players into coaching positions that were role players. And those are the ones that I find successful. And, you know, just looking over a little bit of her WNBA career, she was very much, you know, she seemed like a role player. Actually, I want to throw this out um, just for, just for fun for us, but uh, some teams that no longer exist. So she played for the Cleveland rockers. (laughs) She also played for the um, Portland um, fire. And she also played for the Miami soul. Uh, yeah. All- I remembered Miami soul and then completely forgot until I read this article. I don't think I ever knew Portland was a team. I did not either. Yeah. So I feel like every time there's uh, you know, an older player that comes back and, you know, just back to your Tarasi point, she is only seven years older than Tarasi. So they mm-hmm. likely played together. They for sure know each other. It's a small community you know, 144 players in the league. Right. So, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it was smaller back when Nygaard played. So I think they definitely, if if they're, if they're not buddies, then this is an insane choice. Yeah, (laughs) I definitely think they are. And I guess my question is, and it won't be answered until, you know, by the end of next season is, is this a good buddy relationship or a bad one? Cause I think, you know, Tarasi has such a chip on her shoulder 
that it's like, I don't know, like it almost reminds me of LeBron James where like he calls the shots and mm-hmm. he, he has certain people around him and blah, blah, blah. For I sure. don't know. It could be fine. It could be great. For our NBA fans that are listening to this, she's coming in with Ty Lu energy. <laughs> right? She has that like, I'm a role Basically, player. I know how to hang with good players. But also when Diana's like freaking out, doing her own thing i can coach up the rest of the squad yeah yeah i hope I, it's not i hope it's not a frank vogel situation where he's confirming in uh press conferences that he is allowed to sit players if he wants yeah yeah it's uh, uh hopefully like it's you're not the that coach we assume you have permission like oh my god what a disaster anyway enough of that but it's just anyway tarasi's personality just reminds me of that type and when i read that oh she's like super friendly and enthusiastic and this, that, and the other. I thought, I wonder if she was an affable choice. That's all. Yeah. It's a fair thing to wonder. And I'm afraid we'll never know. (laughs) Or we might, we (laughs) might know it might come out. It might all be revealed. Um, Okay, Freddie, you found something very interesting out on the internets. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is there are you know, various people who are attempting to form a new women's league. Yes. It's called athletes unlimited and they are doing multiple sports. It's not just basketball. Mm -hmm. They're doing, um, I'm just reading this volleyball, softball, lacrosse and basketball leagues and the idea is to give more female athletes opportunities to play in america um freddie why don't you tell us a bit more about this league or what you've read or found out yeah you know just looking around for WNBA news i i heard that this might be coming and it seems like it's here uh it, it really seems like for from the our perspective, from the WNBA perspective, I can't really touch on the other sports. Um, it really seems like they are sort of crafting a G League, uh, which, you know, again, for NBA fans, that's like the, the under league. You know, professional soccer leagues have this. Uh, the, the MLB has this as well, where each team sort of has a farm team. Obviously, this is different and it's not related to the WNBA, but it is an opportunity for, you know, just looking at some of the players they have, um, you know, uh, Natasha Cloud, Courtney Williams, Kelsey Mitchell, Mercedes Russell, and, you know, players that I think have been injured, haven't been seen in a while. Uh, I was just reading about uh, Essence Carson uh, in this article, kind of like having a foot injury and sort of not being able to come back, like no surgery, like just, just for players who have been bounced out of the league, but are still good a to prove themselves and B to remind people that this is 144, you know, woman league. And there's a lot more talent than 144 people. Mm -hmm. I think, um, okay. I, I, I don't mean to come across cynical, But here, but hear me out here. There's a part in this. We're reading this off of Bleacher Report. If anybody Mm -hmm. wants to look at it for themselves, there's a section in this article. It's fairly deep in the article. And it says, quote, 
the league features non-playing facilitators rather than official coaches. Yep. These are people with coaching experience who serve as advisors to players during games and practices. They won't dictate the plays, but rather will be called upon as a resource. That sounds like a complete disaster. Okay. Now you got into the really good part of this article, which is (laughs) all of the bells and whistles, which are going to make this a hot nightmare. Um, I don't even know if you, if you, if you also read this, but yeah, it's not just the coaches. There's going to be no owners, no coaches and something else is uh, some other regular role is not going to be included. They're also not going to keep traditional stats. So there's this elaborate algorithm of like a turnover is ne- negative 0.10, oh but a God. foul is this and, and, and a bucket is that. And also they're going to create new teams every week. So it's just, there's too much going on with this, but I think I, I enjoy the you know recognition that there needs to be more platforms. Cause there's a lot in this article as well about, about, you know, WNBA players having to go elsewhere, getting injured, you know, play having different commitments uh, around the globe, which I do think is a problem when you're trying to grow and streamline a sport. But yeah, lots of lots of bells and whistles might might be uh, like an ugly Christmas tree kind of. I think um, you know you're you're. I agree with you in terms of just having other platforms. This I'm all for. But this truly sounds like a disaster. Like like <laughs> everything you said. The no coaches um, having multiple sports at the same time under one umbrella, like you can't really focus or hone in or be truly an expert on any one sport. I don't know how, like, you know, like sports aren't all marketed the exact same way, you know, and like different sports have different audiences. And it's just like, how are you going to all throw that in one thing? Like it just, I mean, even just like, it's so bad that if a press release about the basics of your plan sound (laughs) like a hot mess, that means it's an even bigger mess because Bleacher Report, I assume, would have gotten a press release from this league, Athletes United, AU, being like, hey, we're AU and this is who we are. And then they have a meeting to decide whether or not they're going to report on the news. And then they say, sure, we'll write an article about it. Who cares? You know, they write this article based on the press release. So this is the information they're being given by the league. And it's a total disaster. Um, let me let me offer you this, please, uh, you know, to make you feel a bit better. So what I could, if I, so I could be a little less Stephen A. Smith about it. <laughs> yeah. What if I told you um, that the person running this league uh, is is going to be Ja Rule? It's going to <laughs> be in the Barbados, and we're going to call it Firefest. Yeah. Uh, would that help? Yeah, that would help. Yeah. Um. Wait, was the Firefest thing in Barbados? 
I think it might have been the Bahamas. Bahamas. Um, but either way, that's we, a drop get, for me. Get, My bad. No, no, no. We understand where you're going with all of it. Um, I appreciate people wanting a second chance, and I appreciate the want or need for a WNBA G League. Mm-hmm. But this sounds like a sideshow. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. I mean, the only way this would work would be if they did like marathon days, right? So they pick like a day in, you know, I don't know, August where like sports broadcasting might be a little less expensive or a little less, you know, more available. They block a day. Like, you know how sometimes like the X games will just like have a random Sunday, on like NBC or something, you know, what I, I just, mean? if the fact that you're comparing this to the X games says a lot. Yeah. But I think that's the kind of accurate, right? <laughs> it is. Right? They it just is. have a random Sunday in the middle of summer on NBC and they block book these sports. So they start with like, I don't know, they like start off the day with like a lacrosse or then a volleyball or something. And then it leads up to whatever they feel is their marquee sport. And then And then they have this like random day where they like introduce people to the whole thing. But even if you have that, how do you pick up from there? Like, what's the tournament? I, uh, yeah, I am. I'm not, I'm not really sure. Like, I feel like I I, I also, though, I love how your solution to the chaos is like turning it into a marathon. You're like, listen, this is chaos. Let's go. Let's go full chaos. Why don't we have like the, Whoever's calling the games, guess what? You can't get up to go to the washroom all day. You got to call it and that's it. Like you just like you just have to sit there and you got to call all the games. I mean, maybe if they like situate it in a smaller market where there's like enough people to attend, but not a city that already has a lot of other teams. Mm -hmm. So it'll be like a thing for those people to go to. Like a, I don't know, like a Kansas or something like that, where like they only have college ball and they don't have anything outside of that. And then you can make money off the live events, but it might not even be broadcasted. Yeah, it's just like because I mean, the WNBA, let's be real, struggles in and of itself. And some of it's fair, some of it's not fair. And it's like this underground league trying to do everything and nothing at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, uh, in some ways I applaud the effort, but in other ways I'm like, what in the actual hell is going on here? No coaches. Oh yeah. The other, the the no coaches, no coaches. I I said, no coaches, no owners. The other thing uh, was no general managers. So just, it seems like they're embracing no organization, which uh, from like a, like well, a, who plays a, for who? Honestly, they all answer to the blockchain. Because um, <laughs> if you're a player, like let's say you're, you know, you're you're a basketball player, you didn't you didn't make the cut for the WNBA this year. Could you just like roll up to the gym one day, and like, yeah, you're on the team? Well, I think I mean they do have a commitment from like you know Courtney Williams and Tasha Cloud. Like that's not nothing. Courtney Williams is awesome. So. Well, Courtney Williams is only not in the league because of um, that unfortunate incident. But I mean, you know, that could be a scenario where this happens. You know, a team if you're if you're the Indiana Fever or something, you know, and you look at Courtney going off, 
maybe you have. I a, mean, Courtney might embrace chaos for all we know. Yeah, she might. <laughs> she could be like, you know, I don't know who the the champ of the three on three league is for for basketball, but like you could bring out that kind of street ball element, which again, you know, is is another type of the sport. Could be fun. One idea I just had off the top of my head as we were talking right now is I feel like the WNBA could have G League affiliates within the G League system. Like, what if, just throwing it out here, so let's say the Raptors 905, let's say they had, like, let's say we had a, a WNBA G League team and then they, they use the same facilities and then they could uh tour is that the right word it's like they're a band like they tour anyway so they travel they could play a game before the men's game or after i don't mean to bill it like they're an opening act but like you could do a double bill yeah i mean for the like hardcore basketball fans, I feel like that. But I feel like hardcore basketball fans are the people who go to G League games. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I know for some of the uh, NCAA like early round stuff, the idea is that you you know you pay a ticket for the day. Like I, I think you know in Buffalo, I've I've thought about doing it where the early rounds of the NCAA, yeah, you pay a, a ticket, or you get a ticket for the day, and you watch four games. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. or you have, you can watch four games. So it could be some co- sort of package deal. And I think the G league and the NBA and this league, I assume, I mean, right now it's going to be in Vegas, but if there's more of a touring thing, we'll have attendance issues. So you want to definitely market to the hard course. Yeah. I don't know. It's just something I thought of off the top of my head. I feel like, you know what, if like they really want it, I do feel like the infrastructure is either there or it's not far away from being there. That's all. Agreed. Um, let's move on to some free agency talk. This is the question I wanted to ask you before we started recording, Freddie. Is when is what is the exact date free agency starts? That's a great question. I was looking for that. We have like two articles here. I couldn't find about, it. Uh, the most interesting uh, free agency uh, teams and who you know who are the marquee players. But they don't actually say the date free agency starts. Here we go. I got it. So, and this makes sense because there's a big ESPN thing on February 1st. So it started on January 15th. Oh. Um, that teams are allowed to start talking with players. Oh, okay. But no official deals can be signed until February 1st. So Okay. And we're on, recording this on the 29th. On the January. 29th of January. Yes. Yeah. So it, it, this is going to be coming out probably right around the 1st. And uh, our next episode, we'll be talking about some of the acquisitions. So it's good timing. Yeah, um, there are a lot of very interesting key players um, in this right now. Uh, first of all is John Quill Jones, um, reigning MVP from the Connecticut Sun, had, um, you know, disappointing results in the playoffs. Let's be real. They made it to the second round, but they had the best record in the league and definitely had stronger aspirations. Um, I think this might be one of the more intriguing uh, moves here. What do you think, Freddie? Um, This is massive. I feel like 
it's a scenario where the you know she's just going to end up resigning because i mean if you're connecticut like what are you doing if you don't resign john quill jones like that that has to be the only thing that you care about right um but you know we've we just again this is our first trip around the WNBA like sun sun slash calendar so <laughs> i think maybe yeah maybe mvp's changing teams right after they win an mvp is uh, a regular thing uh I, I, yeah i just i'm just leaning towards it, it can't be and i think if you're if you're john Quill jones and if you're if you're the connecticut sun you you have to feel like things didn't go your way but you have discovered something good like you you, you just destroyed the regular season so i i assume they want a second chance you never know maybe behind closed doors uh jones is sort of like i, I this is a, this is a bad franchise and i think that they got lucky and she wants to kind of join up with someone else but i think she's going to stay yeah i mean it's an interesting one cuz i think like um, when you have disappointing playoff results, that's when you start to think like, okay, maybe they could waver. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't really know what the cap space situation is for other teams, like how much other teams really have to offer. But I think um, she seems like she would be happy in Connecticut. She mm-hmm. seems like, you know, she would want to be loyal to them, but I don't know. I think there's room to be uh, persuaded here. That's all. That's all. Well, l- let me also say, I feel like something I've learned through free agency is that the WNBA, each team gets one core player. So the Sun have designated uh, Jones as their core player, which allows them to pay her more. But there are a bunch of teams that, yeah, that had to make a tough choice. Like someone's a core player and someone's not. So if you're a team that has like multiple players, I think they're a core player, a max player. Someone has to take a back seat. Interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. The next one up is uh, Brianna Stewart. Now I think she's staying and I think she's staying because Sue Bird announced that mm-hmm. she's going to do one more year. And I think, you know, she must have had conversations with them. And I think the storm are going to run it back. I think everyone on the storm is going to stay because it was really just um, Brianna Stewart's injury that I think was the main reason they weren't able to advance in the playoffs more. Like they won a championship the previous year. Mm -hmm. And I think when they're healthy, you know, they were a part of that uh, commissioner's cup. Yep. Right. They were right there. So I think everyone on the storm is going to stay. Me too. I think storm and sky they're run it back teams. Like I think they're, they're they're Both of those teams to me are the teams that are like, I, you know, other than, I think, I mean, I guess I don't want to deviate too much because the sky have like several free agents, but okay. this is where you come in and clarify things. So hat tip. Okay. <laughs> Our next team, the Las Vegas Aces, both Asia Wilson and Liz Cambage are free agents. What do you think is going to happen with this team? So this is just like massive drama to me. I feel like this is where we're going to get a movement. 
I don't know where I think Liz is going to go, but I feel like from what I know about her not being designated, like she, she wasn't given the, uh, she wasn't designated as a core person, therefore can't receive the most possible amount of money. And she's an MVP candidate. Who so, is the core person on this team? Because based on, on this ESPN article, they don't have core written under Asia Wilson's name either. Hmm. Isn't that bizarre? Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a great point. Yeah. Um, it could, it could literally just be a typo on their part though, because you're right in terms of like Liz Cambage. I, I agree with you in that. I think she wants to be a star. I think she wants to be the number one person on a team. Okay. I think I figured this out just reading because the, the paragraph on Campage um, is saying that she wasn't previously a core player. So I think she got turned into Vegas's core player, but um, because they didn't do it right away, has lost out on some money um, and is an un- unrestricted free agent. So but Asia is a restricted free agent. Asia is a restricted. So is that why? So I think, yeah, in that sense, they probably feel like we'll just match whatever amount of money another team offers Asia. Yeah, I think Asia is going to stay, but I think Liz has a chance to, to leave. Yeah, that's where it's juicy, I think. I think Liz definitely does have a chance to leave. Um, And yeah, like she's such a, I don't know. I mean, I love Liz and she's very invested in her celebrity let's be real like not every WNBA player cares about their celebrity but she really does and I think um like there's a line here about how she'd be a good fit with the Los Angeles Sparks but they don't have enough cap space to make an offer that doesn't mean a sign in trade couldn't be in the works or something like that so that'll be interesting I think she really wants to be a star but also Las Vegas suits her like it suits who she is and she's a good fit on that team too. So maybe if they're able to find the money to make a great offer for her and keep Asia, then maybe it could happen. Um, let's move on to your Chicago sky, both Courtney Vandersloot and Allie Quigley are free agents. Yeah, this is like a, this is a scenario where I think you're looking at the team and you're saying, we won. We did it. Just come on back. Everything is great. And, you know, we can kind of just win again. So I feel like that's going to happen. You know, Candace Parker was injured for a big chunk of the season. So that also, it also makes sense that they would justify telling their players, like, we're going to have a better record in the regular season as well. We're not going to be this like, Coming yeah, out of nowhere, team. ended up having a breakout year. Exactly. Like all signs point to go there. Uh, I don't know if, yeah, like I'm just looking at their, their players now, like, you know, Ali uh, Quigley, uh, Stephanie Dolson and diamond to shields are all restricted mm-hmm. so they can, they can kind of just pay their players and not to confuse us and myself, but this is how I, this is how I, correct myself but just reading the espn article here it says courtney vandersloot and kalia kalia copper core um so i wonder does that mean they're both core players or does that mean kalia copper's core 
Because now I'm um, wondering if you actually can have more than two players be your core or more than one. Anyways, I'll figure this I out. I don't by next have pod. the answer. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm asking questions nobody knows. <laughs> but I, I will say this in your defense, like they don't they don't do a good job making it clear. It's not very clear. Um to me, the last, I mean, there's other free agents, but I think the last more notable one is Sylvia Fowles with the Minnesota Lynx. Thing is, is like she's been in the league for a really long time. She could move. She might just be like, you know what? It's my last, it might be one of my last years, or this might be my last like big contract in the WNBA. Like maybe I do want to move to a contender. Not that the Minnesota Lynx weren't a contender, but you know, they're, the, they're a fringe contender. Yeah, it's like I think we're looking at loyalty here. Like I'm just mm-hmm. pulling up her basketball reference. Like I, I don't think she's played for another team. Oh, so ever? I don't think so. Well, in that case, uh, she'll totally wrong. Stay. Oh, you're totally wrong. Totally wrong. <laughs> uh, you know, I should just hold it for just a quick sec while I <laughs> Google something. But but she played for Chicago for uh, half of her career. So maybe that's an option. Yeah, like I just I think when you see somebody nearing the end of their career and it's like their last big contract, um, she this will be her 15th WNBA season. You know, do you really want that year to be with a French contender if you have a chance to move um, somewhere else and and make a a big difference somewhere else? You know, I, I could just that's another one where I, you know, she's a center um i don't know i mean i don't like the chicago sky i feel maybe yeah you know i'm not sure who has the money i don't know who has the money but i just think like that's another one where like oh okay they could potentially they could potentially move that's all Mm -hmm. yeah i think there's some potential movement there for sure um, was there anybody else to me? Those were like the most notable, uh, players on this list, but was there anyone else that you wanted to mention? Yeah. So th- there's actually two that I feel like Please. I'm just kind of interested in, in general. Okay. So from a team and a person, I'm pretty interested in Washington because, you know, Tina Charles was sort of like, she, you know, I was talking about this in the last pod, but she kind of came back and reminded the league that she's good. Uh, Elena Deladon, I think, is everyone's still curious about can she return to form? But um, uh, Emma Emma Mieseman is really interesting to me because she was the 2019 like right before we you know really started getting into this. Um, she was the 2019 Finals MVP, and then has not played in the WNBA since. And it seems like it. It's partially because of a, a commitment to the Belgium women's team. So I don't really understand what's going to happen there. But yeah, so Emma Misaman, um and sort of the, the Mystics in general, I'm really curious about because like she just hasn't been in the league. And, you know, to have a player that's that good, like finals MVP not returned to the league is so, is so absurd to me. Like I, I just can't even understand it, you know? I mean, that's the real, I mean, I think in a way that's a microcosm for, you know, some of the bigger problems in the WNBA is that they aren't the dominant 
league. I mean, they're trying to, I mean, they are in North America, but you know what I mean? Like, I know exactly. It's not a unanimous across the world situation. Yeah. And you have, you know, things like the AU being like, what about this? Like, I feel like it's still sort of the wild West for women's basketball. And it's like the WNBA is the prominent league, but in order for them to make sure like it's the biggest that the 144 players are like the very, very best at all times. It seems like they need to like, like raise up a couple levels so that a scenario where, you know, where a country is like, no, you gotta, you gotta play for your national team doesn't interfere with the league. You know, Mm -hmm. this is just totally an aside, but um, Kalia coppers on the cover of slam magazine this month. It's a really nice cover. And uh, people have been complaining, like, you know, she's the reigning uh, finals MVP and you can't buy her jersey yes. at the WNBA store. Um, I'm not a jersey buyer or wearer. Uh, I just don't like the way they look on me. They make me look very boxy. But I was like, wow, like, you know, people, this is a valid complaint. Like, this is one of the top stars uh, in the WNBA had a breakout year. Uh, is on the cover of magazines and you can't buy their jersey. Yeah, totally. You know, you like they got a lot of press with, uh, you know, her and Cunningham and that like whole situation. And you you got chance at the games like this was a big deal. And anytime, you know, there's a scenario where, where people are like, we love the product. Take my money. And the people are like, no we won't take your money It's mm-hmm. sort of it's bad right because you want the league to grow you want people to care when they do care you want to be able to capitalize on it and yeah i i read that article you, you sent to me it's it's a problem it's a big problem that people want to support the league and can't you know what it is too i i just thought of this as as we were talking you know the nba really markets its players right and they've been doing that since the you know really since the magic johnson larry bird mm-hmm era you know where it's all and then michael jordan like took it to another level we all know this right like but they really really market the players and i feel like the WNBA really markets the league right like everybody has that orange hoodie and it's just Mm, like it's a good point right it's just the league's logo and there i i feel like there are people who straight up wear that hoodie because they want to come off progressive and they don't watch the games. They wouldn't be able to name more than like five players. And it's like, yep. why? Not that I'm like anti the hoodie or anything. I mean, it's a nice hoodie, but it's like you need to. Uh, people are used to basketball being marketed by its players. It's like that's kind of in a weird way what we're conditioned to now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why not market the players more? Because it's happening with entities outside of the WNBA, like Candace Parker on the cover of NBA 2K and, you know, Kalia Copper on the cover of Slam. It's like super doc. Other people. Yes. Like other people are doing it. And it's like, why not just like push like your top stars a little more? You know, this is a fantastic point. And I feel like in establishing a league as like a a hot topic, like a Twitter buzz type thing. Yeah. Yeah. I I just feel like you're, you're bang on. I a hundred percent agree with you. And the only thing I'll add is that I feel like once you have a league that's as established as the NBA, 
you actually have to kind of reel that back a little bit and, and not just market the players. Uh, you know, you have to make sure that people care about small markets and that kind of stuff once mm-hmm. you've hit those heights. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the, you know, to your point, the WNBA is sort of trying to do that first. It's like, it's hard to care about the fever and the mystics right now, you know, versus caring about like uh, Deladon's like journey back to the top and, you know, whether copper is going to take over the league and, you know, yeah, all the, there's a lot of different intriguing player storylines. So I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. Th- and I think like too, like, I hate saying this, but I do think like a lot of the marketing has to be a fight against sexism. It just does. Cause there's still so much of it. And I, mm-hmm. you know, people might listen to this and disagree with that notion, but I just feel like their marketing is very like, Hey, support women. Like, you know, we got next, like we're women support women instead of being like, Hey, Candace Parker is so good. She could play one-on-one against almost anybody in the world and kick their ass. And then it's like, Oh really? I want to see what Candace Parker is like, because, because it's like, I don't know. Like I support women, (laughs) but not, but when I feel, and I could be wrong, but I feel when men and predominantly straight men hear that it's not that they don't support women, but they think that isn't for me. That isn't meant for me. Yeah. Like their minds just immediately tune out because they're men and they're conditioned to do that. Not that like the league has to want a male audience, but I think to just have a wider or a bigger audience in general, I, I feel like you're better off to be like, Hey, like Candace Parker, one of the best in the world, come see it for yourself is better than like a, Hey, support women thing. Yeah, I I agree. And I feel like I both understand the marketing of like, Hey, look at us too. But if it's always in reference to something that like exists out that existed first and is like bigger, Mm-hmm. You know, it's sort of this inherent problem where you're kind of like always like, hey, we're the like the, the, the you know, the, the little sister league of the NBA. I feel like inherently people are going to be like, well, wh- well, why, why don't I just care about the main league as opposed mm-hmm. to being like, we're our own thing, which yeah. is totally unique and amazing. And it's sort of that, you know, we've, uh, you know, as a, as a fan of the WNBA and and, and basketball in general, you're always running up against this, this male garbage of like, you know, what about like dunks or whatever? Oh, God, and you could yeah. be like, yeah, Brittany Griner. Well, you can go down a lot of different paths, but I feel like the most important one is you should watch it. It's entertaining. It's good. Like yeah. also you, like you need you know, Chris Paul versus... doesn't dunk and no, that never stopped anyone from buying a Chris Paul jersey. Exactly. And I think, you know, hardcore basketball fans know that um, of course, dunking is an exciting part of the game, but it's just not basketball specifically. There are literally professional dunkers who can't make the NBA. Right. So it's, there's a lot of like, it's, it's yeah, there's a lot of different skills that are exciting and I mean, I'll, I'll, I'd watch the WNBA over an NCAA game any day because mm-hmm. it's it's more professional basketball. The plays are better. 
Mm-hmm. The shooting percentages are better. It's better basketball. So, yeah. I, I, anyways, I, I feel like they need to maybe like less apologetic. But yeah, I, like focusing on these stars on and off the court and kind of bigging them up. I do think y- your point is uh, is prescient. Thank you. And I agree with everything you said as well. Um, With that, it is time for Freddie's fun question. This one, I got to say, you you sent this to me in advance. This hit hard. This hit hard. But I'll let you lead the way. I'll let you lead the way. Um, I I just want to say one other player uh, very quickly that I'm I'm super curious about because as Torontonians, we see her a lot. Um, And I just want to know is... uh, is Kia Nurse? Apparently, she's not under contract, and uh, Phoenix is debating like not offering her one till she heals, which seems like totally not cool. So I hope that some other team offers her a two or three year contract, knowing that she's just rehabbing. Okay, that's Anyhow. big. I didn't know that, but she's not listed as a free agent. Yeah, I, I forget where I read that. I read that earlier this morning, though. So I'll correct myself if I'm wrong. But um, okay, weird question. Here we go. Um, we both promised that we were going to watch the Maya Moore doc uh, last pod. And I just took a guess. Uh, I know that I didn't. Uh, I took a guess that <laughs> Catherine also did not. And my question is, um, what is another promise in your life that uh, you've you've told people you're going to do and, and, and you, you, you couldn't come through? You didn't do it. Okay. I mean, first of all, I just straight up completely forgot. I completely forgot when you sent me this message. It like, oh, it was like a gut punch. Like I was like, oh my God. And I guess you figured that I didn't watch it either because I didn't message you about it. But okay, here's the deal. Here's the deal. What's a promise that I've said out loud that I did not fulfill? Yes. Showing up on time almost anywhere. (laughs) Oh, so yours is like a regular promise. I love it. (laughs) Like I, okay, I'm not an egregiously late person, but I am a notorious five to 15 minutes late person. See me, my whole late thing is five to 10. You're not late. 15, you got to let somebody know. Yeah, see, but I do let people know. I always let people know when I'm running behind. I do give that courtesy, Um, but I am constantly running behind. Like my, my friend, Claire, shout out Claire Belford. Um, we used to go to the gym together because it was the only way I would go to the gym. Mm-hmm. And I was always late meeting her at the gym to the point where she knew just to show up later. Right. And I felt bad, but it did work out. We did it for like almost a year, but it was like, yeah, you see, I need friends like you, like friends who are understanding who aren't going to get like all uptight about it. Cause I just, I don't know. I, it's just, I, uh, I'm not, maybe I'm just not the most organized. There's always like one last thing that I forget to do or whatever. It's just, I don't know. Hey, I have ADD. So I get you from that perspective. Also I'm half Latino. So I'm fairly familiar with uh, like Island time, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Just, just people who are like, I wasn't going to blame it on being half South Asian. Listen, but I guess I there's a certain element of like, Hey, maybe I'm late or maybe I'm here when I want to be here. And you were here when we agreed <laughs> upon. Oh my God. It's true. It's just true. 
Um, Freddie, what's your, what's your promise that you said out loud that you did not fulfill? Uh, this, I feel like is good. It's a nice self burn here. Mm-hmm. Um, when I traveled Europe, when I was 18, Western Europe for six months, um, with my best friend at the time, um, still great friends, shout out Sean Kilty. Um, but, uh, we were traveling, we were in Italy, uh, this beautiful small town or small, like, you know, city and this, this, this big bridge overlooking like a Canyon. And I don't know if I just read like the alchemist or like what, but I was like <laughs> feeling, you know, like inspired, like motorcycle diary style. And so I grab, uh, like a big piece of wood and I look out and I'm like, I'm going to throw this wood off this, uh, uh, bridge. And I'm going to promise myself, you know, from this point on, I'm, I'm not living with any regrets. So I threw it and I was like, <laughs> no regrets. So I was 18. I'm 35 now. Guess what? A whole bunch of regrets. You know what I mean? Like I got, like, like I have lived a life. I've lived a life and I've created regrets for myself. So I promised myself no regrets immediately broke it and broke it uh, like often. This is amazing. I mean, I think you get to an age where it's like impossible to not have regrets. Right. Like, yeah. That's I'm not. I lived a life. Yeah. Um, God, that's so funny. I remember like, this is going to age me, but maybe we've already aged ourselves by yeah, just talking about regrets. I remember Madonna who in the like it's the songs called human nature came out mm-hmm. mid late nineties. She has cornrows in the video. It's a whole thing. Wow. Okay. And, uh, but I guess like back then it was like, Oh, I'm so edgy cornrows. Now we're like, yeah. anyway, um, at the end, she looks into the camera and she's like, absolutely no regrets. And then she just starts like punching like a boxing bag or something. And like, I don't know why that always stayed with me because I, I, as a kid, I'd be like, wow, that'd be so cool. And now it's like, there's no way in hell Madonna doesn't have regrets. Even then, even then it's like, what is stupid notion? Madonna has like an, like a regret, like a monthly regret. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) she for sure is doing something every month at least where she's like, shit, whoops. Yeah, I mean, not to like turn this into a throwing shade at Madonna podcast, but like I had to like unfollow her on Instagram. <laughs> was it after like the, the weird Kanye party where you're like, what's going on here? No, I don't even remember that. I just felt like she she just um, I don't know, just the way she presents herself. I just found a little annoying, a little like, I don't know, like stop trying to be something that you're not like it's just something about it just didn't feel like completely authentic not that anybody's totally authentic online but i shouldn't feel the inauthenticity the material girl got too material for you i get it for me yeah yeah wow that's a great way to sum it up for me yeah that's how i, I just feel. did my hey what do you think about that face <laughs> Uh, we all have regrets. I uh, I wish I traveled more. That's my that's my thing already. I'm already yeah. saying that I wish I've traveled more. Do you do you have any regrets you want to share? Um, traveling like, more no. definitely is up there for sure. Yeah. Uh, maybe not doing any form of working out in my 20s. 
Oh, fuck, um, that's a good one. And just starting to do some in my 30s and being like, oh, that would have helped. Yeah. Throughout my life, I wish I've prioritized uh, more exercise, even though I did just talk about going to the gym. But oh, boy, it yeah. is not it is, for me. Any exercise. It, it's not cute. But anyway, that's a whole thing. That's a whole thing. One day. One Fair. day. Um, that's been our episode. We really, uh, we really went on a tangent there. Let's, let's try to watch this Maya Moore doc. I think next episode we could talk free agency. We can talk the doc, you know, we still have a lot of off season to go here. So, uh, we'll be back probably in two weeks, uh, to recap all the free agency and all that good stuff. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, thanks again for tuning in. Uh, you can find me on social medias at uh, it's me underscore Catherine spelled C-A-T-H-R-Y-N. And you can uh, find me uh, at Freddie Rivas, F-R-E-D-D-I-E-R-I-V-A-S and at Freddie Noel Rivas on Insta. Awesome. Take care, everybody. Chat soon. Peace. Bye.